Well, good Monday morning to you. It's June 27th, 2022. Monday, June 27th, 2022. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. I truly appreciate it. It's very nice of you to come every day. I work hard for you. I really do. I get up very early. This morning I got up at eh, exactly 4 a.m. Without an alarm clock. That's just how I roll. <laughs> Very strange. Uh, if you can, please bring someone uh, along with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be very nice of you. Uh, tweet to me. Questions or insights or fights. Uh, come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. <clears throat> Let's drink some coffee. Get, get some warmth in my throat here. <clears throat> Loosen up those uh, vocal cords. Um, it might be as we're getting through this uh, Roe v. Wade uh, thing. Uh, maybe a couple days before I get back to Ukraine as my opening, but I will get back there. In October 2018, Senator Susan Collins spoke on the Senate floor supporting Brett Kavanaugh. She said, "To my knowledge, Judge Kavanaugh is the first Supreme Court nominee to express the view that precedent." is not merely a practice and tradition, but rooted in Article 3 of our Constitution itself. He said, decisions become part of our legal framework with the passage of time, and that honoring precedent is, in his testimony, he noted repeatedly that Roe had been upheld by Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Uh, describing it as precedent on precedent. Uh-oh. Someone lying to get confirmed? The anger from Susan Collins was apparent. In a statement Friday, Collins called the Supreme Court's decision inconsistent with what Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh said in their testimony in their meetings with me where they both were insistent on the importance of supporting long-standing precedents that the country has relied upon. Throwing out a recent uh, precedent overnight that the country has relied upon for half a century is not conservative. It is a sudden and radical jolt to the country that will lead to political chaos, anger, and further loss of confidence in our government. Uh, she's not the only one. Uh, you know what? What happened to Republicans screaming about not putting in activist judges? Now we have six of them. Well, five of them, at least. John Roberts has tried to be sane. Hey, he's still... Okay, this is the difference. You've been seeing two different decisions. You've been seeing the six to three decision, and you've been seeing the five to four decision. Okay. The six to three, a a decision is a group of written words. There were basically four major groups of written words in this decision. The progressive group says, no, no, Mississippi uh, does not uh, uh, win. And uh, that um, the uh, abortion provider can stay in, in Mississippi. Um, that was agreed upon 
by by only the the three uh, progressive justices. Then there was the decision that Mi- Mississippi lost. I mean, sorry, that Mississippi won, and uh, no uh, no abortions past a certain time are allowed in Mississippi. That was by all six justices. Five justices had the de- had uh, lines in their decisions stating that Roe v. Wade is incorrect. It should have been overturned long ago. That included uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Right? And of course, Amy Coney Barrett. Then one uh, uh, judge added that this would pull into question um, that uh, uh, um, uh, gay marriage is called into question now. And other things are called into question that were based on the same decision, which others didn't agree on. So the only thing that, that got... Uh, um, thrown out was Roe v. Wade. But that doesn't mean it can't happen in the future. And by the way, laws made in these states that have limits on abortion are going to be changed. They're going to be changed to no abortion whatsoever. The only reason they had limits on abortion is because they were testing Roe v. Wade. They don't have to test it anymore. It's done. So, the six to three decision was allowing Mississippi to win. The five to four decision was overturning Roe v. Wade. In case you were confused about the, you've seen two stories about this and they, they've been offering differing, different, uh, anyway, now you know. Uh, continuing, Senator Joe Manchin from, uh, of course, West Virginia, uh, who, who supported, he, he supported uh, a Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Senator Joe Manchin, who also voted for uh, Kavanaugh, similarly su- suggested he and Justice Neil Gorsuch were not honest with the Senate about their views on Roe. Manchin said in a statement on Friday, I trusted, I trusted Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh when they testified under oath that they also believed Roe v. Wade was settled legal precedent. And I am alarmed they chose to reject the stability the ruling has provided for two generations of Americans. Nancy Pelosi was more direct saying, how about those justices coming before the senators and saying that they respected stare decisis, the precedent of the court Did you hear that? Were they not telling the truth then? The problem is, as long as Republicans don't care about the Constitution, as long uh, as they continue to obstruct, is there anything that can be done? They will block impeachment. Guaranteed. They will block impeachment. Guaranteed. I saw AOC on Meet the Press this weekend, uh, this past weekend, and as much as I agree with her, it's a pipe dream. She said that the high court's reactionary majority dramatically overreached its authority. If we allow Supreme Court nominees to lie under oath 
and secure lifetime appointments to the highest court of the land and then issue without basis if you read into the opinions rulings that deeply undermine the human civil rights of the majority of Americans we must see that through there must be consequences for such a deeply destabilizing action and the hostile takeover of our democratic institutions what makes it particularly dangerous is that it sends a blaring signal to all future nominees that they can now lie to duly elected members of the United States Senate in order to secure Supreme Court confirmations. But like I said, Republicans will block impeachment. They will do that. Justices can be impeached. And Clarence Thomas needs to be impeached for multiple reasons. But it won't be enough because Republicans won't even allow Clarence Thomas to be impeached. There is only one way. Win 10 seats on the Senate and keep the House. Win 10 seats on the Senate and keep the House and you might get an impeachment through. You still need two-thirds. That means six Republicans, or is it seven, would have to uh, join with Democrats, which is a tall order. You have Susan Collins of Maine. She would do it. Uh, You have, um, what's her name? Uh, Murkowski of Alaska. She would do it. You need four four or five more. It's not going to happen. People have to get out and vote. I was screaming about this in 2015 and 2016. That we needed, we had to... I don't care how much you hated Hillary Clinton. You had to vote her in. I was screaming about this. Because we were about to lose the Supreme Court. It was already precarious. And nobody listened to me. Moving on. Russia has defaulted on loans on Saturday on payment of its foreign currency sovereign debt for the first time since 1918. We knew it was coming. We've been talking about this for months. But the Kremlin has rejected claims of Russian default Commenting on reports, Moscow reneging on its foreign debt due to missed payments on two foreign currency bonds. Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky-Peskov said, Allegations of default are incorrect because the necessary currency payment was made as early as back in May. We talked about it. We said, will this be allowed? Huh. Pesky-Peskov added, Russian reserves have been frozen unduly and the fact that uh, the money was not delivered to the recipients is not our problem. He was referring to uh, funds frozen by Euroclear, a a Belgium-based financial services company specializing in settlement of securities transactions. Uh, Pesky Peskov said, 
So there are no grounds to call it default. He added, attempts to use the frozen reserves in any way uh, would be illegal and regarded by Russia as an outright theft, which I assume is in response to the idea that Russia should pay to rebuild Ukraine. And that's what those funds are going to be used for. Uh, Russia's president, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, will visit two small so, uh, Soviet states, uh, former Soviet states, in Central Asia, uh, Tajikistan and Turkmenistan. Um, this week, in what would be the uh, leader's first known trip abroad since ordering the invasion of Ukraine. Oh man, I would love to intercept that plane. But unfortunately, he can, he can go directly there. Um, Tajik, uh, Tajik's, uh, Tajik's, Tajikistan, Tajikistan is uh, north of Afghanistan and Turkmenistan is the west of Tajikistan on the Caspian Sea, north of Iran and Afghanistan. Uh, they're, they're, they, Russia uh, wraps all the way across to the Pacific Ocean. Of course, uh, uh, we've talked about uh, Big Diomedes Island uh, and Little Diomedes Island uh, in the Bering Strait. Uh, they are only a few miles apart. Uh, uh, Little Diomedes Island is American. Big Diomedes Island is Russian. Uh, but yeah, it wrap, wraps all the way around. But south of it are all those countries. Uh, India is uh, along the, um, of course, the Indian Sea, uh, and north of it is all those those little little Stan countries, as I call them, ending in Stan. A lot of them. <clears throat> uh, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said today that discussions among G7 leaders on creating a cap on uh, the price of Russian oil are headed in the right direction. Uh, leaders of the G7 are currently uh, what they want to do is they want to uh, uh, make sure that if Russia is getting paid for oil, that it is super low. Uh, Leaders of the G7 are currently negotiating on capping the price of Russian oil, uh, the latest step toward uh, punishing Moscow while attempting to mitigate the economic effects of the war in Ukraine. Officials said the precise mechanism for the cap is still being worked on, uh, worked out at at the, uh, uh, the summit. How, when, and by how much the price of Russian oil will be capped remains to be seen. I say $25 a barrel. It's gotten that low in the last 10 years, almost. I I think it got under 30. In an earlier briefing on the matter, a senior administration official, maybe it was 12 years ago. No, I think it was less than 10 years ago. Uh, In an early briefing on the matter, a senior administration official said the goal of the cap would be to starve Russia and Putin of his main source of cash and force down the price of Russian oil to help blunt the impact of Putin's war at the pump. As oil prices have skyrocketed, Russia's oil revenues are actually up, despite global import bans. Which is what you and I have been uh, uh, screaming about for weeks, right? Leaders want to use their collective leverage to cut the revenue Russia receives from the uh, from the country still purchasing its oil. India, China, uh, Germany, and, and you know what they they would have to because China isn't going to go along with this, and they would have to cut the price to twenty five dollars to to make Russia say okay we have to uh, dump this all 
on China, and China is going to say, we can't take all this oil. We don't have the storage capacity. Uh, but we'll we'll figure out a way if you drop the price. So if you drop it to 25, it's really going to hurt Russia. Uh, Germany, host country of the G7 summit, uh, which started today, has invited Argentina, India, Senegal, Indonesia, and South Africa to join the summit. Some of the invitees, such as India... Uh, have yet to condemn Russia over its invasion of Ukraine because they want that cheap oil. A source in Paris said some countries invited to participate in the G7 summit in Germany will have to choose sides on the war in Ukraine. India. Uh, The G7 summit has invited India, Senegal, Indonesia, Argentina, and South Africa to join. Some of the invitees, such as India, have yet to condemn Russia. French President Emmanuel Macron is scheduled to meet with the presidents of Indonesia and South Africa separately uh, this afternoon. In fact, probably already, uh, obviously that was Monday over there, so it probably already happened or is in the process of happening right now. According to NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg, Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg, Uh, Today, the summit will be transformative with many important decisions, including on a new strategic concept for a new security reality, adding that this will include a discussion on China for the first time. Stoltenberg said, our new concept will guide us in an era of strategic competition. I guess this is Russia, China, Russia, China. I expect it will, uh, he said, I expect it will make clear that allies consider Russia as the most significant and direct threat to our security. It will address China for the first time and the challenges that Beijing possesses to our security, interests, and values. Uh, If China plays along, that would go a long way for them being recognized in the world community as reasonable. They have not been reasonable for anything. Uh, Energy ministers from the European Union will meet this week to attempt uh, joint plans to fight climate change and discuss emergency plans to reduce gas demand amid further cuts in supply from Russia. Remember, we've talked about this, that that this Russia thing might actually help in reducing uh, the use of, uh, of, of this type of energy. We need renewables instead. Uh, NATO Secretary Jen Stoltenberg announced today that NATO will enhance its battle groups in the eastern part of the alliance up to brigade levels. He said at a uh, news conference, we will increase the number of high readiness forces to well over 300,000. This includes more pre-positioned equipment and stockpiles of military supplies, more forward-deployed capabilities like air defense, strengthened command and control, and upgraded defense plans with forces pre-assigned to defend specific allies. And I'm, I'm thinking those specific allies are going to start with the Baltic states, uh, especially Lithuania and, uh, ooh, what's that first one up there? Way up there. The, the, the guy that said he would, he would choke off uh, that, the, 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 uh, that part of the, uh, the Baltic Sea that Russia uh, uh, uses. Anyway, these troops will exercise together with home defense forces and they will become familiar with local terrain, facilities, and our new pre-positioned stocks so they can respond smoothly and swiftly to any 
emergency. Uh, Stoltenberg went on to say, uh, stressing that this constitutes the biggest overhaul of our collective deterrence and defense since the Cold War. And and remember, I, I, I talked about that past between Kaliningrad and Russia. If Russia decides to seize that, you might see these forces attack Russia. That land does not belong to them. It, it belongs... Uh, uh, it, well, it's between it's between Poland and uh, Wachmuhuzit, uh, and it belongs to Wachmuhuzit. So, yeah. The White House said President Biden and President Wachmuhuzit is an official term for uh, names of countries that I just mentioned thirty seconds ago that I can't remember the name of <clears throat> that I'm still thinking of. Uh, the White House said President Biden and President Xi Jinping will likely uh, speak in the coming weeks. Uh, in Germany, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said, uh, while there is no time frame, the conversation will not happen immediately after the G7 meet, uh, where China was a uh, primary topic of discussion, of course. Uh, four missiles fired at a district of Kiev yesterday, reached their target, which it described as the workshops of the Artyom Missile Corporation in the district of Shevchenkivsky. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's a mouthful. Uh, the defense ministry said this enterprise produced ordnance for Ukrainian multiple rocket launching systems, MRLS. At least one missile or wreckage from it hit an apartment building, leaving one person dead and several injured. The Russian defense ministry blamed the damage to the residential building on Ukrainians because they tried to shoot down the missile. Which is like saying, hey, I shot at you and you bounced it off that shield you were holding and it killed someone else. It's your fault for holding the shield. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Uh, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky uh, said his country needs more modern air defense systems after a series of deadly attacks on the capital of Kiev, as well as regions of Mykolaiv, Chernihiv, and Lviv. Uh, Lviv is, is uh, the, um, the city that is far West, close to the Poland uh, border, like 10 miles from the Polish border or 20 miles, something like that. Um, the United States is like, in fact, I think they did announce today uh, the purchase of advanced medium to long range surface to air missile defense systems for Ukraine, which uh, could also be game changing. I mean, we, we, we have the harpoons, we have the HIMARS, and now we have these... Uh, uh, surface-to-air missile defense, man, man, Russia is going to get spanked into the 18th century. I'm serious. I'm not going to, I'm sorry, the 19th century, which is the 1800s. Uh, the UK Ministry of Defense has projected that Russia will increasingly use its reserved units in a bombardment of eastern Ukraine. Uh, Russia is trying to stop from uh, conscripting men. They're, they're, they're trying to stop from saying, okay, everybody 18 to 29, line up. You're joining this war whether you want to or not. And you know what happens when he does that? People are going to be leaving Russia in droves. Uh, they said Russia, well, they'll try to. Maybe they'll go to China. 
They said Russia will highly likely increasingly rely on echelons of reserved forces in upcoming weeks. Despite a continued shortfall in the number of deployable reservists for Ukraine, the Russian leadership likely remains reluctant to order a general mobilization. It added that Russia's main operational forces re- remains the eastern severodonetsk Lyshensk pocket. The ministry added that constantly heavy shelling suggests Russia is now trying to regain momentum on the northern Izium axis. Uh, they want to expand uh, north of Severodonetsk. Uh, they've, and they've taken it, unfortunately. And we'll, we'll get to that. In fact, we're getting to it right now. On Saturday, Severodonetsk head of uh, military administration said the city had fallen under Russian occupation following the months of bombardment. This is before the HIMARS are coming. So we may take back Severodonetsk. I say we, I mean Ukraine. Uh, neighboring Lyshansk is the last city in the Luhansk region to remain in Ukraine's control, but Russian forces are gaining ground and civilians have been, been urged to evacuate. Uh, the exiled mayor of uh, Mariupol, Vadim Boychenko, said in a statement today, residents in the occupied city of Mariupol are being forced to hunt pigeons in order to feed themselves. Uh, I, I guess that's squab, right? I, at least on an expensive menu in an uppity restaurant that I would never go to. Uh, Boychenko, but you don't want this kind of squab. Uh, Boychenko said residents are using improvised traps to catch the pigeons and the Russian forces are making a mockery of people who used to live their life to the fullest before the war, not knowing what hunger or lack of drinking water was. That was before. Uh, the concern is that uh, city pigeons are horribly diseased compared to wild pigeons. Here in Los Angeles, there are pigeons everywhere. You could eat forever for free. They're everywhere. So are um, uh, uh, ducks and geese and all sorts of waterfowl, um, egrets, whatever. Um but you, they're in the city. They're covered in all sorts of disgusting mites and diseases. Why would you even want to touch them? In fact, if you do touch a pigeon, you might want to get in and, and scrub your hands with acid or something. Uh, the concern is that city pigeons are horribly diseased compared to wild pigeons. Uh, people could get violently ill or die, but choosing to die of hunger or disease is a tough choice. You know what the the problem is? Is uh, they're so hungry that uh, their immune system is weakened, and they have a higher chance of dying from disease. It's sad. Plus, not to mention water. It'd be nice to have water. The Supreme, we're moving on to the United States. The Supreme Court's reign of terror did not end on Friday. Uh, today, the Supreme Court said that wa- a Washington State school district violated the First Amendment rights of a high school football coach when he lost his job for praying at the 50-yard line after games. Of course, this was a 6-3 to three opinion. Justice uh, Neil Gorsuch wrote in the majority opinion, the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship or suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. This was the 
this case you and I talked about where a coach started praying on the 50-yard line. Uh, students joined him. I argued that he could pray as long as his professional duties were done. If he wanted to come back to the 50-yard line after he went to the locker room and dismissed his students and then go to the 50-yard line just before he went home, have at it. You're done. The court did not see it my way. The decision continues a trend of right-leaning court that has sided repeatedly in recent years with religious conservatives. Last week, the court said that Maine could not exclude religious schools uh, uh, from tuition assistant programs in a 6-3 to three decision divided along ideological lines. And by the way, this was federal money, Right? Why should they get federal money to spread the lies of religion? Uh, In his majority opinion, Gorsuch differentiated the case from past cases, pushing back on the notion that the opinion would lead to more school prayer. He said that uh, uh, he said the prayer, the prayers at issue were not publicly broadcast or recited to a captive audience. Students were not required or expected to participate. But can you really trust a justice who lied to get on the court about Roe v. Wade? Can you really trust him? <sighs> Moving on to that uh, <laughs> to that uh, noose tightening around that uh, bright orange neck. There was no Putin phone call scheduled with Trump at the time. Hmm. Kudos for uh, Politico, uh, uh, if you want to uh, look at the story, uh, their investigation. Alex Holder, uh, he's that documentarian, uh, documentarian uh, working on the Trump campaign. Uh, he, uh, and, he, and, he, and he was in front of the uh, uh, House Committee uh, investigating the insurrection last week in private. It hasn't been in public yet. Uh, he was interviewed uh, by Politico, and they found something interesting, very interesting, During the trip aboard uh, Air Force One, a scheduled interview between Holder and Trump was abruptly canceled. Holder traveled with uh, then-President Trump on Sunday, October 25th, three days after the second presidential debate and nine days before Election Day. That day, Trump flew from Washington to New Hampshire, then on to Maine, and then back to Washington. But White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows told Holder that something had come up and the planned interview was nixed. Holder said, The Chief of Staff sort of came over and said that the interview couldn't happen today because the President was on the phone. And I believe, if I remember correctly, that he said he was on the phone to the President of Russia, Vladimir Putin, which is why the interview had to be postponed. Huh. So political Politico asked itself, you know, the press there asked itself, why would Trump be having an apparently unscheduled Sunday chat with Putin nine days before the election? His time was packed. Arms control discussions were going on, but... One top Trump official involved in those talks told Politico that he had no recollection of a Trump-Putin call during that period. 
And now we are going to want to know what was on that Trump call. What could it be? At the debate in Nashville a few days earlier, uh, Trump had accused Joe Biden of receiving millions of dollars through some kind of corrupt scheme involving Hunter Biden's alleged business dealings in Ukraine and Moscow. This was the October surprise that didn't work. This was the thing that Rudy Giuliani was working to get to, to, to uh, he was trying to get everybody in the news media to cover it, but nobody was biting. But that Sunday, Putin undercut, the, the Sunday he was on the plane, Putin undercut Trump and said that as far as he knew, the allegations were nonsense. Sputnik, a Russian state-controlled media outlet, tweeted the news at 8.40 a.m. on Sunday, but it wasn't until later in the day when Trump was wrapping up a rally in New Hampshire that the news broke about the, uh, uh, through in the, the American press. Reuters reported it at two, what uh, Putin said at 2.20 p.m., saying Russian President Vladimir Putin said on Sunday that he saw nothing criminal in Hunter Biden's past business ties with Ukraine or Russia, marking, uh, uh, marking out his disagreement with one of Donald Trump's attack lines in the U.S. presidential election. But, of course, Trump doesn't listen to uh, Reuters, Newsmax ran the same Reuters wire copy at 2.17 p.m. before Reuters reported it on the internet, uh, which was Reuters, that was Reuters wire copy that they saw. Holder says, because it was three minutes before Reuters reported it, Holder says he was informed that Trump and Putin uh, were on a call together. When was that, you ask? Holder said, uh, Holder said uh, to a Politico, I think it was between New Hampshire and Maine. So, all you have to do is look at the uh, schedule. Air Force One taxied for takeoffs uh, for takeoff from Londonbury, New Hampshire at 2.32 p.m. The plane landed in Maine at 3.05 p.m. That was 20 minutes. What, 20, 20 minutes? I'm sorry, 14 minutes, uh, 15 minutes after uh, Newsmax ran with the story. 15 minutes after Newsmax ran with the story. If Holder's memory is accurate, Trump was on the phone with Putin just minutes after the news broke that the Russian president had dismissed Trump's Hunter Biden allegations. There you have it. Uh, so uh, that's it, man. I, you know what? I there were other news stories, but I, I had a bunch of stuff so uh, that would take long. So I went with the bunch of stuff that would take long. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, June twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. Monday, June twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. I truly appreciate you coming every day. It's so very nice of you. Uh, bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow if you can. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, tweet to me questions, insights, or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it.
I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.